Cause sometimes I be right. Hello. Welcome to the show. Was I here last week? Did I miss the episode? Feels like it. Feels like it's been a long time. How's everybody been? How you guys doing? I'm doing great. This week, I want to get right into the NBA Finals preview. That's right. Miami Heat, even though they were up 3-0, lost three in a row. They pulled it off in Game 7 in the, in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals to uh, punch their ticket to the NBA Finals where they will meet the Denver Nuggets who have seemingly been waiting for a really long time. It seems like they got rid of the Lakers a long time, like weeks ago. In reality, it was what, a week ago? Week and a half, maybe? Ten days, I think, they're going to be off? Almost two weeks. It feels like longer than that, to be honest. But what up, Cyber Family? If this is your first time joining us, welcome. This is Sometimes I'll Be Right. I'm your host, John Favs, reporting live from Trash Can Studios. As always, joined by my co-host, Wally. Say what up, Wally! Wally! You know, Wally really doesn't say much during the show. Like, is he really a co-host at this point? I don't know. You, you keep your status, Wally, but eh, I got questions. Anyway, like I said, we want to get right into the breakdown. So before we get into the NBA Finals and my thoughts, my prediction, my pick, let's go back to the Eastern Conference Finals because let's face it, we already talked about the Denver Nuggets. I broke that down. I broke down what the problem with the Lakers was, the age I came in, how showed out like they just ran out of gas, right? Well, this the Boston-Miami series was very interesting to me for a couple reasons. Number one, I feel like we saw the good and the bad of... Uh, sports media and the coverage and the day-to-day coverage of sports and and why and how things can change so quickly. So once Miami got up 3-0, the conversation immediately became the Celtics head coach was not prepared for the moment. He he's way in over his head. Eric Spoelstra is out coaching him in every way. And then it turned into, look how good Jimmy Butler is, playoff Jimmy, blah, 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 this and that. Is he the best player left in the playoffs? And that was all the talk, right? Then they lose game four, they lose game five, lose game six, and all of a sudden, you're no longer talking about a coaching mismatch. Well, what happened? I thought the coach was in over his head. You know, Jimmy Butler now didn't play well those three games, and all of a sudden, Jimmy Butler's no longer in the conversation for best player in the playoffs and it's like all of a sudden the narrative and the opinion and the idea has changed and now there's a whole different view now we're talking about Boston and Boston was favored to win game seven and Boston was going to pull off something historic and look how great Boston is and Boston's going to catapult right to the finals and da 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 and all this other stuff and I was thinking to myself why why do we do this why do we do this I never thought Boston was going to win when they went down 3-0. Even when they when they won two games and it was 3-2, I said, look, they're not going to win. And the reason why is very simple. You saw it in Game 7. I know everyone's going to give their analysis about what happened in Game 7, but here's what happened in Game 7. It's hard to beat a team four times in a row. It is. Unless you just have a really good matchup, unless there's an injury or something happens, it's hard to win four in a row. Miami showed you that. They won three, 
But man, getting that fourth in a row was very difficult. Didn't happen. Hey, you're going for that fourth again, up 3-1. Didn't happen. It's tough. And what you saw was the amount of energy and, and focus and and everything that was needed just to get it to a game seven is so physically, mentally, and emotionally draining to say you're going to muster it up one more time. One more. It's hard to do. And when you put Miami's back against the wall like you did, it's difficult to do. Miami was going to come out and fight like their season was on the line because it was. I think in game four, five, and six, what you saw, well, actually four and five, what you saw was a Miami team that knew in the back of their minds, whether they acknowledged it or not, it's impossible not to realize we got a cushion, right? Like there's a margin. We, we can lose this game and it really doesn't matter. Right? Like, if we lost game four and we didn't sweep, like, it doesn't matter. We could lose game five and it doesn't matter. Even game six, you're like, eh, we could lose game six and it kind of doesn't matter. We go to game seven and then we play game seven. Boston was using all of their emotion. They were emotionally drained. And what you saw in that last game in game seven was a Jalen Brown who was spent. Had nothing left. Silly turnovers, falling all over the floor, couldn't hit a shot. Boston couldn't hit a jumper. Like all that energy you expended to get it to a game seven, you now needed to have extra reserves in the tank and they didn't have it. And that's what you saw. And as far as Jimmy Butler, look, let me tell you, I said last week and I still hold true to this right now. Jimmy Butler is a top five NBA player. I don't care if he has a stretch of three bad games. I don't care if he has a bad series. He's a top five NBA player. Coming into the NBA next year, coming into next season, I don't care what happens the rest of the season. Coming into next season, Jimmy Butler is a top five player. He's proven that through the span of his career. Right? Like, honestly, like he's proven that. In every playoff run, you call him playoff Jimmy, Hemi Buckets, whatever it is you want to call him, he proves to you over and over and over what he's capable of doing. Now you can you can you can argue me down and say yeah well his lack of consistency and him having those those stinker games is the reason why you can't put him top five that's a good argument for you to make I don't think you will make it I don't think you'll win it but I think he's proven that he's a top five player but I think the idea that there was questions about his ability going into game seven and then in game seven it was like oh he played better so now oh hit me buckets like you can't do that stop flip flopping. Like, if LeBron James is the greatest player of all time, then when he has a bad series or they get swept, you can't now question, is he really the GOAT? Either he is or he isn't. It doesn't come and go. You you can't be a top five player on Monday, have a bad series, and then on Saturday you're no longer in the top five because you had a bad series. That's not how it works. You are what you are. That's my belief. So when I looked at it, I never thought that I never questioned Jimmy Butler being top five. I always thought he was. That's what he is to me as a top five player. With that being said, I thought what we saw in game seven was more about Boston than it was 
What we saw with Boston for me is what the bigger story is. Because look, Miami, I know everyone's saying, oh, how unlikely is it? Eight seed. We'll get into that more when we talk about uh, the finals preview. But here's what I thought about Boston. I know Jalen Brown is going to take a lot of the heat, and rightfully so. He he didn't perform well in Game 7 with all the eyeballs on him in a, in a we-need-it game from you. He didn't show up. I can't give him a pass. I've said many times, I think Jalen Brown is the guy that I would keep if I had to move either him or Tatum. I just... But I think what you also saw is Tatum as well. A bit of a head case. A bit, right? I know it wasn't just... Look. I know he kind of turned his ankle. But I watched him make moves later in the game. He didn't seem like he was labored. He was doing some step backs. He was doing some crossovers behind the backstop. He seemed like... He was able to move enough. I didn't feel like he looked like he was limping so poorly that he couldn't do anything. I think what you saw was a guy who on the first play of the game had something unfortunate happen, had some resistance put in front of him and thought to himself, oh boy, here we go. And I think from that point was never able to get past it. And played like it. Played like a guy who was facing adversity and was unable to get through it. And I think you've seen that. I think that happened in the finals last year with him. And I think that's why he sometimes tries to channel Kobe. Because he wants to be that guy that can get through adversity. That can can suck it up and ah, like grit his way through. But he's not. He's not. It's fine. But I I think they have a real problem, and I don't think it's as simple as move Jalen Brown. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't, but look, they don't have a true point guard. They don't. They don't have anyone to run the offense. It really is kind of Jason Tatum or bust. Like, every once in a while, some guy hit it. It's kind of like a lot of one-on-one. But I also said uh, last show that if Miami made the finals... I like Miami to win it. If Boston makes the finals, I think they lose. I think they're too inconsistent. I think they're too up and you never know what you're going to get from one day to the next. That goes for Tatum, Brown, the entire team. You never know. They could look great one day and then look terrible the next. And against a team like Denver, if nothing else, they're consistent. But I think Boston has a lot of trouble. I don't think it's the head coach. I don't think you I don't think you can say anything. And and just for the record, look, coaching matters. I know it does matter. But at the end of the day, man, when you get to these conference finals, I don't care how good your coach is. If you ain't got the players, if they're not performing, the coach doesn't matter. I don't care who you have. Every great coach has had great players. That's just the way it is. There's not a single great coach in the history of any sport that won a thing without great players on the team. Players play, coaches coach. Coach, A coach can put you in the right position, but you need to make the play. Ultimately, you have to make the play. It's on the players more than it is the coaches. That's my belief, especially in basketball. Because I don't care how, I, I could tell you where a guy is going. 
But if you ain't got the foot speed to keep up, if you ain't got the defensive mindset to compete, it don't matter. I could get you an open shot. If you can't hit it, it don't matter. So as far as Boston goes, your coach is fine. You got to the Eastern Conference Finals. Okay? You're fine in that area. Where you're not fine is your roster needs a tweak and you need a dog. I'll take Jalen Brown on the Knicks. You want R.J. Barrett? (laughs) R.J. Barrett for Jalen Brown? I'll swap every day. I'll swap with you right now. Please. That's just a Knicks fan trying to do something. Don't mind me. So let's talk about this uh, NBA Finals we got in the 2023 or 2022-23 NBA Finals. We have the Miami Heat versus the Denver Nuggets. Now, look, this is one of those final series that I love, which is no matter who wins, I can be happy for either one. Okay? Like, I love the idea of Joker winning the finals in the year that he didn't win MVP, where he probably deserved it because he had never won a finals before. So it was almost like, we can't give this guy a third MVP. Because the historic precedent, and look what he's accomplished, and then in that very year is the year he gets a title, I think that would be that would be great. I would love that for you idiots who didn't vote for the guy you thought was MVP, but you voted against a precedent. So for all of you, I would love it if Joker won the finals. But if I'm being honest, the player I love the most in this series is one. Hemi Buckets. Jimmy Butler, playoff Jimmy, whatever you want to call him. I call him Mr. Top 5. <laughs> I just made that up. Mr. Top 5, that's who I'm rooting for the most. Because I watched him in the bubble damn near die on the court. Doing everything humanly possible. To lead his team to a finals and came up short. He didn't leave. He didn't cry, complain. He's constantly boosting his teammates. He constantly says the right things. He's ready to scrap if need be. He takes accountability. I just think everything you want in a player, he's that. I think he's got a good blend of the old school mentality with the new school mentality. Like he's not soft. Like... Everything. I love Jimmy Butler. I wish Jimmy Butler played for the Knicks. I wish. I wish. So let's start this off by saying my pick to win the NBA Finals is Miami in six. That's what I'm going with. Miami in six. That's the pick. And I'll tell you why. Look, let's start with Denver. Well, actually, let's start. Let's start. Very generic. I believe Miami is going to win for two reasons. Number one, I think that they play the right way. And I think that their determination, their grit, and I think no matter how much you get them down, no matter how much they're down by, they don't quit. They don't roll over. They're always ready to compete. I think they I think they play the right way. That's one. Number two, the entire world seems to be thinking Denver is some juggernaut who can't be defeated. And if everyone's going one way, I'm starting to think maybe I should go the other. That's number two. Number three, you got time off. Okay. 
Denver's coming off of 10 days off. Miami's coming off of just two days off. They're going to be a little more game ready, game shape. Like they just played in a game seven where everything was on the line going into a game one where you got the excitement of the crowd for Denver. Denver has all the expectations. I think Miami could come in there and say, look, let's just go play game one. See whatever happens. It's kind of like a no lose situation for them. Just go in there. You're not expected to win. Even if we don't win, it doesn't mean the series is over. But let's go in there, give them a run for their money and see what happens. Right. So they can come in a little more relaxed. Denver's going to come in with a little bit more pressure, a little bit more like we've been waiting for this. We've had time to really sit and think about the fact that we're in the NBA finals. Miami's not coming with that. They're coming straight off the plane and say, hey, we was just in game seven. Let's go tip the ball off. Let's rock. Another reason why, if we get in a little more detail, is did you happen to see Jimmy Butler's reaction to them winning the game? Like, right after the buzzer went off and he's, you know, untucking his jersey or whatever, like, he seemed like he didn't, it was just a regular season game for him. No excitement. No, like, oh, like, we accomplished something. His whole demeanor was, no, this ain't this ain't nothing. This is whatever. It's just a game. It's just a game. <laughs> that, for me, said a lot. That, for me, said the attitude that he has. And that's the attitude he's going to bring on the plane. That's the attitude he's going to bring to the meetings. That's the attitude he's going to bring to the finals, which is to say, we haven't accomplished anything yet. There's only one accomplishment. Anything less than that is a failure. And that mindset and that laser-like focus, to me, from your best player, from the clear leader of the team, I think is essential. I think it's so important. And I think it says a lot about him and about them and about the culture of that team. So if we start to break it down, I would say this. You probably right now think the Nuggets are really, really good. Some juggernaut. And why? Where were they three weeks ago? You weren't thinking Denver was unbeatable two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Going into the Lakers series, in fact, you picked the Lakers to win. Or you probably thought it was going to be a tough series, right? But the way they beat the Lakers convinced you, oh, man, they're going to walk right through Miami. They're going to steamroll them. It's not even going to be close. But you forget, a lot of those games with the Lakers were close, number one. And number two, it was a good matchup for Denver. It's a really good matchup for Denver. So, again... You thought the Lakers were better than they were because of the way they performed against their favorable matchups. You're now falling victim to the same thing with Denver. Denver now has a favorable matchup, and you're thinking to yourself, look how good Denver is, but it's only in comparison to L.A. Miami is not the Lakers. Miami has guys that can shoot. Miami has a good team concept. Miami has guys that are going to hustle and play hard and not complain and not flop and not nothing. Miami has a great head coach that can kind of get them in some defensive schemes to say, hey, let's do the switch things up and not rely so much on the stars. Miami has a star, not out of his prime, not 38 years old in year 20, but they got Jimmy Butler who's younger. They got a big man who's athletic who can stretch the floor, pull you out. See, Anthony Davis, I know you're going to say, Anthony Davis could do that too. Yeah, but Anthony Davis, yeah. I don't think he's trying. He's not trying to get dirty. I think Bam Adebayo will get dirty. 
I think he will. And even if he doesn't, so what? All this conversation that's about like, oh, Joker, who's going to guard Joker? Who's going to stop Joker? Let me ask you a question. If Joker goes off every game and gets his points, you you think Miami can't win? Of course they can. Joker could go off for 50, but if no one else is scoring, then what difference does it make? 50 points ain't going to beat your whole team, right? Now, if you let Joker get 50 points, 28 rebounds, and 17 assists, then yeah, you're going to lose. Good night. See you later. But if you sit down and say, hey, let Joker get his, fine, whatever. If Joker's getting the ball down low and hitting twos, whatever, make sure nobody else beats us. I don't think Joker, as well as he played against the Lakers, Joker, in my opinion, was not the reason that the Lakers lost. I don't think Joker was like the ultimate, like, oh, man, if they didn't have him. they. W-. I think Jamal Murray was more the reason for the Lakers' headaches. I think timely three-point shooting by the other guys on Denver was the flaw for the Lakers. I think that's why Denver was able to handle the Lakers the way they did. But again, with Miami, I feel like Miami with their culture, their coach, and their focus, and the way they'll play zone sometimes, play man sometimes, I think switching it up, I think just contesting shots. I think they are not going to sit there and say, we have to shut down Joker. I think they're going to say, that's not that's not realistic. <laughs> Number one, who's stopping somebody like that? Right? Like, you're not going to. You just got to let him get his. Just don't let everybody else beat you. Make him do it on his own. And you're not going to. The most points ever scored in the game was 100. The second most was 81. And even then, that 81 wouldn't have beat the Raptors from Kobe. They needed other scorers, too. Like, you know what I'm saying? I know it sounds stupid, but, like, it's true. Like, one guy scoring 100 points probably won't beat you. If no one else scores, you just got to score 101. So, in my opinion, the the idea that you think that, all right, the game plan has to be stop jokers, like, for what? Just prevent those pass-outs from him to three-point shooters. Guard everyone else. Let Joker play straight up, one-on-one. Don't foul. Don't be hacking. Just keep your arms straight up. If he gets you down in the post and hits a two, then fine. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You could double him and he's going to kick it out to a wide open three-point shooter. That's not a better option if you ask me. So let him get his. Just don't let him get them assist numbers up. Like we Again, we know Joker's going to do what Joker does. What it's going to be is, can they do something to make Jamal Murray uncomfortable? Can their guys hit open shots? Can can Miami's guys hit hit threes and, and do those do the little dirty work and all those things? And I think they can. And I think they will. And so for me, I think that Miami is coming into this series ready to fight and scrap. I think Denver's coming into this series, coming off of playing the Lakers, which was a high-profile, favored team who was a little bit like, it was a little bit easy. It was light work. I think Miami's toughness, three-point shooting is better than the Lakers. I know I know. for the season you would say, oh, they shot terrible for the season. I know, but the postseason is different. And the postseason is different. I think Jimmy Butler being the competitor that he is, I think he's going to come in and bring his best. 
I think Bam Adebayo is being challenged right now and kind of being overlooked as like, yo, bro, what are you going to do? I think he's going to come in and defensively be focused on a higher level than he was against Boston. Again, I think these are professional athletes. These are these are dudes with very, very, very large egos. So I'll be honest with you, Caleb Martin, right? What they were talking about, Caleb Martin should be Eastern Conference Finals MVP because of what, bro, no. He had one game, but like again, expectations. Jimmy Butler averaged more points, assists, and rebounds for the game. He didn't shoot as well, but he averaged more points, assists, and rebounds per game throughout the series than Caleb Martin did. Caleb Martin had a really good last game, but again, stop. Stop making it seem like he was the MVP. Like they could have won without Caleb Martin. You're not going to win that series without Jimmy Butler. I don't care what nobody says. So again, I think that even that conversation, I think, is in Jimmy Butler's head. Like, all right, that's my guy, but I need to remind y'all why they call me Himmy. <laughs> that's so dumb. That is so dumb to call him Himmy. That is so dumb. I'm calling him Mr. Top 5, though, which is equally as dumb, I know, but I might trademark that one. So, I mean, I guess that's it, right? We're ready for the game now. So, as you're listening to this, it should be Thursday morning. Hopefully, you're listening to this before the game. If you're listening to this after game, then hopefully my uh, my game one recap has been out. And you can see what happens. So, before, so you'll know. I'm putting this on record. Here's what I think is actually going to happen game one. I think Miami comes into game one and they say, look, let's just go out there and play. I don't want to say like a feel them out game, but like let's go try to win. But at the same time, play loose, play loosey goosey, try some stuff, do some things, like whatever. Like you lose game one, it's not the end of the series. We just lost three in a row to Boston. We had a 3 0 lead, lost, you know, lost three in a row, facing elimination on the road in Boston. Like we're not worried about being down 0 1, right? Let's go out there and have some fun, enjoy this moment, get your feet wet, try to win the game, play, play well, but don't press, right? It's not the end of the, don't press. And I think they come in, and I think they play well. But I think they lose game one to Denver. I think the hype of the crowd, I think they have a lead early, but I think Denver kind of pulls away late. And I think Denver wins by like, you know, 10 or 11 points. But it's one of those games that's closer than the end score would say. And I think Miami is going to in that game have that walk away from it saying we could win this. We could beat them and, and realize almost like they're not unbeatable. They're not unguardable. They're not some super team. And they're and they're going to walk away with confidence. And then I think they come back and win game two. I think they win game three at home. I think they lose game four. So now the series is tied 2-2. I think they go back on the road for game five. And I think they surprise Denver and win game five in Denver. And then I think they come back up 3-2, come back home to Miami and win game six at home. That's what I'm calling for. Miami goes up 2-1, goes down, and then loses 2-2, goes back down.